0: Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast?
1: Probably for a little over a year. It's been my intention and my desire to play play for Ireland.
0: Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.
2: Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports.
0: And this is a Football Saturday all the way until five. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. We're streaming the conversation as well. Listen across the country on your radio and news talk, but also watch us on the off the ball digital and social channels for Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. We're joined today by the former Republic of Ireland striker and Reading and Wolves player Kevin Doyle, the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. So get in touch on the text number 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. You can also so tweet us at off the ball. Great to speak to you, Kevin. And uh, you're watching Arsenal come back from behind to beat uh, Aston Villa four two. And after the few blips in recent games, they're kind of back on track now.
2: Yeah, good win. I actually, I won't lie. I didn't see the second half. Saw the first half and arrived in to see them walking in that, that fourth goal. Um, good performance. I'd say blips. Right, I saw. I watched the Man City game. Yeah, they were really good and only like just stupid defensive clearances, two goals. Basically just, you know, a defender, a couple of times, Man City were pressing them high and they just, thinking, just get rid of this and he still tried to play the same ball. They got caught a couple of times trying to play, play the same ball. Um, so a little basic thing, I wouldn't put it down as like bad performance overall or anything like that. I think they we're winning the game and then obviously the week before, um, controversy and they should have won a game. Um, so a couple of things went against them in the last few weeks but went their way today and um, no, if we're going behind as well and Villa looked up for it. So, um, it was a good, good away win from. Yes, yeah, so we had what uh, the ball coming
0: off the crossbar from Jorginho and, and off the head yeah, of a You need it, yeah, yeah. Emi Martinez
2: you didn't have it in the last few weeks, so the
1: vi- the villain gets his comeuppance. Martinez is kind of I don't know. He's one of the uh, the icons of sort of the last uh, few months, anyway, in terms of football. But has to be up there with one of the games of the season, JD. Why? Like, oh my God! I mean, the quality of. The quality of the play in general. Um, Coutinho's goal. I don't know if you, you saw think, that yet. Yeah. Like just yeah, I saw it too. Yeah. Like I, I don't know, Kevin. That's sort of a goal. Like and the quality of that and the, the passing and um, it, that led up to the goal and just Arsenal's response in the second half and like Odegaard missed an absolute sitter with about ten minutes to go. Like a sitter, almost like an open goal, brilliantly set up by It Could have been um, kind of selfish and uh, you're 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 looking at Arteta on the sideline and you're wondering because. You know, when they were losing in the first half, JD, were Arsenal to lose this game today? I was talking about sort of um, big wins that they've had in terms of if they are to win the title. I definitely thought the the win over Man United was one of these games that if if they are to win the title, they look back at that. But today has to be right up there because Villa were very good. Um, Arsenal are obviously going to drop points against teams like Villa as the season progresses. Villa are going to take points off very good teams, played some great football in the first half. I mean... It could have gone either way. The the Bailey shot off the crossbar to all. with one of the most outrageous bits of control on the far sideline, where it's this long punted ball, and he's kind of facing into the crowd with his back to the, the the main part of the pitch, and suddenly kind of hooks the ball with his left foot almost on the instep, like ridiculous technique, smashes it off the bar, um, and then Arsenal go down and create a chance. It was ding dong as you mentioned in the third goal, and then the fourth goal the icing on the cake. But inter- interesting in the interviews after is in and uh, the, I can't remember who the other Arsenal player was but they, they just want to go back in the dressing room. There seems to be a brilliant togetherness about them and as Kevin says, the um, as much as the Man City game in, in light of the points that they've dropped uh, in the last few few games was a, was a major blip. They didn't play that badly but I think going to sleep tonight this collective bunch of players, three points ahead um, I think they'll be very, very happy that they've overcome this little blip because they showed massive character today and I think what really encouraged me in terms of Arsenal. They were very, very true to their principles in the second half, J D, They just kept passing the ball. They created lots and lots of chances. It was a humdinger of a game. So often we get these early games that are uh, yeah, sort of soporific yeah. or whatever, no atmosphere. This had everything. It was a brilliant, brilliant game of football. So you still think they're in the mix for the title, do you, Kevin?
2: Yeah, they top of the league, definitely. Um, my worry for them... I just, especially Saliba, or Gabriel, actually. Saliba today, I thought he could have done better in the first goal. Saliba, I just see a couple of ricks. They, they play really well. They're good defenders, but they just seem to have a, a rick in them. Like I was talking about the Man City game, the clearances. I don't mean boot the ball long or, or anything like that. They still play football, but just miss, man. They were under pressure. Just clip one. You know, miss that first man. Um, always trying to play. You know, they just seem like they, they give away silly penalties. They were, he was lucky in that Man City game as well. I think it was Gabriel. Um, there was Gabriel, yeah. yeah. He just saved by an offside, uh, but like clumsy. That'd be my one position uh, for them that I'd worry about until the end of the season. Uh, everyone says they're there too soon. You know, they're a year too still to develop. And what about striker? I mean, yeah. Jesus
0: is injured, Kevin. What about the fact that then Keshe missed a couple of chances today? I know they scored four today, but forward power yeah. is that something?
2: Um, yeah, my, my young fellow was just saying that to me. They need a, they need him back. Um, what you call him up front? <laughs> He was on about it or missing them. I don't well, know. About my <laughs> Saka's strike as well. Like yeah, right. They've got goals all over the pitch. Oddly guy scores goals. He'd be one, actually, be just a little bit. Recently, his performance, I think, have dipped in the last few weeks. He's, well, you know, looking at him, There was a little incident. I don't know if any of you noticed it in the Man City game. In the tunnel, we coming out, him and Haaland, and laughing and giggling with each other. And then at half time as well. And, like, it's a massive, massive game. And, you know, I know their teammates. channeling
1: your sh- inner Roy Keane yeah, over here. though.
2: yeah. Here you know, I know, go. yeah. I'm sounding like a grumpy like, like <laughs> old man here. But the two of them are at the halfway line. Like, the kickoff was literally happening and they're talking with their hands over their mouth and they're giggling as if this is great. Crap. Like, you're like, do that afterwards, lads. Or whatever, come on. Like, massive game. And I just, you know, I really like him. He's a fabulous player, obviously. But I just think he's dipped a little last week. I just didn't like that side. So I just think, you know what, lads? This isn't the time or the place for hands over your mouth, giggling and messing for five minutes before the second half. Massive 45 minutes coming up. Concentrate here. He's so important to Arsenal. So just a few little things, Abbey. But then maybe that's just me being a bit uh, older and crankier.
1: Well, I I think, in fairness, that that miss I'm I'm on about there, JD. Like, this is... He shanked it so badly, I think. There was a slight psychological kink there where maybe he is going through a little bit of a blip. There's no way a player of his technical quality should miss that. Like, and I, One of my... We, we spoke about cliches. I hate this. You've got to hit the target. But he, he he missed the target so badly there. It was like you literally had an open goal. It was such a vital moment in the title race. I think there was about 10 minutes left. And yeah, he had a couple of moments there where you're like, that's not the Odegaard we know. But... um nice to see a bit of uh, Roy Keane coming out there well, Roy
0: Doyle sure. or Kevin Keane I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know which it'll be but um, Brentford Crystal Palace uh, Brighton Fulham Chelsea Southampton Everton Leeds Nottingham Forest Man City and Wolves Bournemouth all three o'clock kick-offs in the Premier League and all goalless right now Newcastle Liverpool have five Millwall three Sheffield United two is a result from the championship and there have been a goal there elsewhere Blackpool one Stoke nil. important for Mick McCarthy uh, that they've gone ahead and uh, Huddersfield nil, Birmingham City 1 so that's what's going on um, good to see Cork City back in the League of Ireland I know you're Wexford man Kevin but uh, Cork yeah. back in the top flight
2: Brilliant yeah I was meant to be actually working on that game last night with RT but I was at the Wexford uh, Waterford game uh, my young fellow was the my young fella's team were doing mascots and things like that so I didn't get down to see the Cork game uh, but yeah important you know however how well they do or not this season it's just important to have Cork back See the crowd there last night. It's a proper football show in the League of Ireland and they need to be in the Premier Division.
1: Dan, Dan will talk about this, but in, in order of, of merit, uh, there were lots of celebrities at League of Ireland games last night. Kevin Doyle, obviously in Wexford. Roy Keane in Turner's Cross. David Clifford in Tralee. It was all happening.
0: There's now... There's no longer only one sport and
3: carry Dan. Yeah, I, I'd like to say I've just arrived back from Tralee, <laughs> Um but I actually just got held up coming. But that would end.
0: be a legitimate.
3: But uh, yeah, it's a long old day on the road. So it's a lo- I mean, it's a long way. Oh yeah, I can't
1: believe you came back last night. Yeah. I mean, surely well, they the would al- you up for the night. Well, I could have. Long way. To I go. could
3: have done that, but the alternative then is getting up this morning. At That's like
0: lots of coffee and donuts. Seven
3: a.m. and like you can't really. What time do you get back? There's at? a lot of people. Three a.m. Uh, Three a.m. Job. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like yeah, David Clifford was there. A few other like Darren O'Sullivan. Quite a few other sort of. Intercounty past or present stars. Niall Quinn was at that game as well too. Um, so, uh, John and Walters lads was
2: in Wexford last night. John and Walters, Paul was at the game last night. So there's another couple for you. Yeah, it's
3: John Walters, Paul McGraw and Kevin Doyle, and Niall Quinn, David Clifford, all at first division matches last night. <laughs> when you think about it, like league, of, the league and first division. I mean, some people say the Premier Division's gone a bit hipster, but now the, the first <laughs> the first division is suddenly now. You know, you know who knows? You can go to Bray next week, and, and who will you see? Like, who are you going to see in break? Katie but, Taylor. Uh, I have to say, like, I have to say I really enjoyed it. I mean, like, I, I suppose you use the word novelty. There's a danger of it. sense, sounds patronising in some way. But just the idea of, like, going to uh, Kerry for um, a football match or a soccer match, as they might say, down there. And, um, I mean, look, they've got a long way to go. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no dispute in that. In a, in a, where, where is it no, in Kerry, um, by the way? So it's in Tralee. It's in Mount Hawk Park, which is... Um, I suppose I don't know if people listening here have been to Tralee I'm not sure if I've been to Tralee before I've been to Kerry quite a bit but I don't Tralee know is very Tralee. much
1: the poor relation in Kerry it's, it's, and the locals will give out about it like it's kind of Tralee isn't, isn't given at all Be careful so, Johnny Yeah this yeah. is it it's, it's, um, I know Kerry well and Tralee people will say oh sure it's all about Killarney and England and all that but yeah so a lot of Yeah
3: it's a, 50, it's a 15 minute walk from the town I mean sometimes the issues and Kevin would notice probably with Wexford, where the, the, the ground is located, and I know that in Longford a few other places, it's not the easiest thing to do to, Wexford, yeah. to have like a couple of drinks and say, you know, walk out to the stadium. But you can, like, it is possible to do that. Um, in Tralee it's, it's a bit of a walk. But, I mean, there was just, just such a good buzz around the place, even just the, the the security staff as people were coming in. were like, where's your ticket? Where's your seat? There was that sense of sort of freshness around it. Now, like, I would have spoken to some people for... Um, a piece I had in the paper today like in particular sort of a, uh, a Kerry fan um, it was like a Kerry GEA season ticket holder always wanted a team to support and would have made the point that actually in Tralee there's a lot of people for whom the first love actually will be football or soccer you know I know Gary O'Neill who plays from Shamrock Rovers, is from Tralee and don't think he'd be saved from a big GEA family you know they do like these families do exist or these people do exist now like there's a lot of people there from all sorts of codes and um, like Morris Fitzgerald's nephew was playing for right. uh, last night. Was playing for um, for Kerry, whose mother is an All Ireland winner as well with the lady, the Kerry ladies, and his uh, his dad is a basketball star. And like basketball, would be quite popular as well. Yeah, Trickly Kieran Donohue, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and Tralee. Yeah. So um, like there is. I mean, I was just struck going down there yesterday. Picked up some of the local papers. You know, six seven pages. Like the, the, the works. There's a huge the local media presence. Radio Kerry live commentary. It's like. As as you would know, have been to Kerry a lot, Johnny, and anyone has. Like it has its own sort of um sporting landscape there in terms of you know the the media coverage around their teams. And it seems like Kerry FC has been embraced into this. Now it's it's step one. Chances are they're gonna finish closer to the bottom than the top this year. I mean Shane Keegan's here with us a lot. I think his cove side are probably gonna be stronger this year than they were last year. Um but in the second the first half, okay. They're a bit nervous, whatever. Second half, I was able to just go around and be sort of walking around. Channel your or Con Hoolahan went behind the goals, um, and they really got like you know they really got going. They, they had a couple of good chances, um, and it was a it was just a, I think it was a positive enough experience. And like, how many times do, have we sat here in the last couple of years or in general? and spoken about one of the biggest failings in the League of Ireland by a mile, is that, as Johnny War's phone goes off, um, is that there's just huge parts of the country's, country who, who won't identify with it. Even if, okay, people are curious about it, but they don't really have a thing to go. And how people support teams in this country, it's, it's quite unusual for Kerry people to suddenly start supporting Cork, you know, because of how our, you know how it yes, yeah. works with Gaelic football and, and Hurling. So across boundaries, it does happen a little bit. There's a male people might go and watch Sliger Rovers, but naturally... The preference would be to, to have their own team, and um, so I think this has got a potential to grow. I was speaking to some people there afterwards. I mean they know it's a long game um I think you know for like fourteen for, like there, there is a history of underage talented underage teams there, but they're only starting still really, and they hope that having this team at the top of the pyramid top of the pathway or at the end of the pathway as such helps to um to encourage people to take it on even more. I think it can only be a good thing, and I just hope. I hope people stick with it down there if if results are tough this year. But I think they're sort of prepared from that. That's the, prepared for that. Sorry, that's the sense I'm picking up.
1: I I was in Inchicore. Sorry if I'm interrupting you. Judy. I was in Inchicore. Um, and you know that, the same Pat Derry was it? That was effectively sold out. Like it was sold out in the sense that Derry didn't entirely fill their away allocation, which was big, but it was otherwise sold out. Cork was sold out. Sligo probably sold out against Shamrock Rovers. There was a big big crowd in Finn Harps for a team that like are going to struggle. I think certainly. Will make the playoffs at best this season. Finnhar's big, big crowd, but the crowd in Wexford, Kevin. I mean, yeah. there's a rise, in, I couldn't get over. Wexford have been definitely one of those teams that have struggled to get support. Massive crowd down there for in yeah. relative terms.
2: The night actually, Nightmare We were trying to get in there last night. The game was delayed. Um, oh, there was there was fifteen hundred tickets sold before the game, like before the day of the game, and then on the day, then the of people that turned up obviously local derby playing Watford. Um, new manager and sort of. In Wexford, and yeah, it was jam packed. You couldn't get any more in there. It was definitely a, it was a sellout. Like you couldn't fit any more in there. Uh, mayhem in the car park with people parking here, there, and everywhere getting bogged and everything last night. Now they were pushing people out of the car park <laughs> about half ten last night. So it was uh, it was uh, no, it was nice to see. Great. Will great. they come was, back? Pitch was looking great. Pitch was looking great. It was didn't see get to see too much of the game because thirty young fellas to thirty ten year olds to try. Um, Keep an eye on and manage for the, for the night, but um, no, it was brilliant. brilliant that's a brilliant tougher job to than i sure the League One game.
3: So. It's tougher job than minding your horses, is it? Sorry, no, that's of-
2: I'm telling you, I had to come home and have a few bottles of beer. I was I was stressed out. <laughs> Young lads climbing fences and all sorts last night. So. Uh, they enjoyed themselves anyway, and in those little things like that, they were all saying they're going to go back to another game. So you know that's, that's what he's going to
1: ask you. Yeah, the the core was like it, it, I I was um I was down the country duty, and I I happened to be in inchy core early, and um, which is unusual for me, but I came in at about six o'clock, nearly two hours before kickoff. Loads of people queuing, and like loads of people around the ground. All the bars like seemed to be full. A lot of dairy fans around unbelievable buzz and to see this in the League of Ireland and you know whether it will continue throughout the season or not but I've never in my years I started supporting the League of Ireland in 97 never experienced anything remotely like the buzz that's there right now and long may it last and you know Galway United's first home game is next weekend so it'll be interesting to see will the crowd come into Terryland as well after a good win against Finn Harps but Johnny Ward not boycotting
3: Galway United to be clear this was one of his big things last uh, year Yeah, fact they always they hook him back in. It's like a sort of a, a relationship that's bad for you, Apologies you know? to
1: Ollie Horgan and John Caulfield. I know one of them was booked and the other was sent off for vice First last night, but there's going to be a lot of crack this season and it was a great result. But I, I don't know, I got so much of a buzz just looking at the crowds. Turner's cross sold out and um there is a lot of drama. The Derry Pats game, you know, there's a lot to talk about there in terms of the quality there and Derry denied late on. Shamrock Rovers begin tonight, J D. But um fantastic to see that people are latching on to this. Um anecdotally, I think know season tickets were up 20% or so on last year I you feel
0: I, as a younger generation have got a kind of a, a vibe about this game
3: yeah like, like less cynical possibly yeah, towards it I yeah. mean I think that look I mean sometimes you, you just have to stop like preaching about you know, go to games go to games go to games you naturally have to encourage people to do it but like I think you know like people at a certain age like probably grew up remembering the League of Ireland to be something and that always lingers in some ways, you know, whereas now I suppose if you're, well, like to talk about the kids that are 10, 12 now going to games, like their first experience of it is this, you know, slightly more fuller crowds. And I think, I think a big thing that has probably helped in recent years um, is, and it was a very contentious move um, to bring in the National Underage Leagues to, to give sort of the power to the League of Ireland Clubs, and there's, there's a football side to that which you can debate, but certainly... Like clubs no longer exist as just one team of eighteen players, a senior men's side, and that's it like a lot of the clubs now exist as that team, but also all the way down the age groups, so whatever do your sums on the kids, the parents you know they they are encouraged to go to the first team game, a lot of them have got women's clubs um, teams on board, not all of them, but they're getting there, and as a result, I think that contributes um that contributes in a big way to it that there's a sense of. Belonging in some ways that you know in a league where often a first team level is still quite transient players will come and go a lot but they below it you're sort of building a little bit of a base and clubs have realized you can't you can't just like preach people say come and support Irish football just because it's Irish or something it's more a case of well do you have some benefit to offer to to this community you know do you are you doing more than that and obviously some clubs have been further along the line than, than others and there's all sorts of factors that like we'll talk about I, I'm not mad on going into this line of things but we'll talk about Man United and Qatar today right that's something we're going to speak about um, and all the takeover stuff and, and the, the Premier League of course it's where it's at it's the best league in the world at the moment it's better than it's ever been you can argue but there's in some ways I think there are some people who will feel a disconnect from elements of it you know just from the uh, the sense of okay yeah this is This is a bit sort of foul in aspects of it. So, the idea of maybe having a slightly different relationship with football in a slightly different way, somewhere closer to home, while still enjoying the Premier League club and the great football. You can do both. Absolutely. 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 I I think, like, you know, the the fellow I spoke to from, Carrie, big Liverpool fan, but just, you know put me a little bit more detached, wanted something local. There's nothing wrong. Like and, and there's there's enough room in our lives to try and yes, come out absolutely. and all these things. I, I, I
1: don't think I know one League of Ireland fan who doesn't watch the Premier League. Like, let's be honest here. You yeah. know, it's if you're a League of Ireland fan, you're a football fan, um, and I would have been a lot more sort of we listened on that as a kid. Was like support your local team, but no, it's not like that. Um, but I think we've gotten the product right, J.D., or are certainly a lot better. Uh, where teams pass the ball now, the pitches are better at summer football, and those of us who maybe around my age who grew up watching those early League of Ireland games on TV and couldn't watch them because they were crap, um, may hopefully now revisit that because, and you know you're close to the Lions family you see Andy Grover, and doing well at Blackpool and all these players making a fairly seamless transition from League of Ireland to a good level in England shows that the standard is for me anyway is definitely improving Five three one zero six for your
0: text messages. Kevin Doyle, Dan McDonnell and uh, Johnny Ward uh, on the show today. Lads, saw that Turner's cross. Good atmosphere, but they won't hold the crowd if they continue playing the putrid way they did last night. Cork City more like Stoke City, says Mick and Cork. It's a big step up. And uh, if Shamrock Rovers beats
1: Ligo tonight, is Johnny Ward, going to declare a title <laughs> race between <laughs> yeah. Rovers and Bows, says Graham in <laughs> Dublin. Uh, Derry I thought Were were very good last night I think you know They were missing key players um, And it was one of those Dan can relate to this I did the report for RT So it's an online report And you can change it um, You know Fairly seamlessly But it was one of these reports Where effectively With a minute to go I'd said Derry had More or less control of the game Brian Maher hadn't a save to make Then St. Pat's forced Four corners in a row And they make it a one-all draw And the narrative changed But I thought Derry were very good And they are going to go Very very close this season I think
0: uh, Kevin Doyle, uh, Evan Ferguson's back in the Brighton team today against Fulham. Just obviously very interested as a former Republic of Ireland striker on your views and his progression.
2: Yeah, he looks such potential, you know, physically, size-wise. His ability to score goals, sort of any type of goal from what I've seen. Um, I'd love to see him live, actually, and just watch him play for 90 minutes to give you, you know... I might get that chance with Ireland, maybe, I don't know, but um, see him up in Dublin, but, you know, actually... See his movement, see what he's like, you know, so you can only take so much from highlights and, and from cameras at games. You really want to see him and watch him during the game. But um, great potential. I just, you know, the way we sort of have, we've had over the last few years, like, probably Parrot and he's doing really well. It's like, we so bigged up and there's so much pressure. I suppose because we're desperate. Now for a new centre forward and, and from an Irish us, media, everyone, we put a lot of pressure on young lads and, and analyse them so much and look at them every week and if they score a goal, you know, give, they're given hyped up so much and if they have a bad few months, you know, I'm thinking of Aaron Connolly again, another one, you know, started really well for, for three or four months and then um, has disappeared a little bit and one with such potential. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to be, you want him to learn, like he's only, he's so young. Is he still 17? Um, 18, yeah. 18 now, 18. yeah. You know, you don't like he has so much to learn that you don't want to be, you know, looking at him week on week and going, Oh, he's having a good week, a bad week because he's starting out. Um, but he has all the attributes from what I've seen, um, and just uh, just from snippets, really, I suppose. Um, physically, he looks like you know, he do not look like an 18 year old, he looks like he can handle himself. So, um, and he's getting games, it's going goals and making an impact. That's so important, up off the bench, making an impact. Um, so, um, yeah. A great potential could be, it could be honestly, could be a superstar, or in a couple of years, we mightn't be talking about anyone. You just don't know. So, so at that age, it could go, you know, you get too much too young, or whatever injuries it just, yeah, just want to see more in the next year or two years before you really start to start to,
1: you know, Kevin will, rela- yeah, Kevin will relate, yeah, related to this. Cheltenham coming upon you quickly, but like the, the, the March international come upon us quickly. And in fairness, like Dan had a piece the other day in the Independent about. Stephen Kenny's striker options and all of a sudden things don't look that bad and I, I think it, it might be worth pointing out as well the likes of Obafemi Parrot and Ida th- there's a bit more of an onus on them now to almost up their game if they're really because I think Ferguson is definitely uh, number one at the moment It's a good it move be. for Obafemi to get to a club that's going Absol- to be promoted to the Premier League yeah, yeah, during the week now yeah. was a, um, was, but I, I classic, think it, but, Ferguson yeah. might actually lift the others to, a, to an extent because I don't think any of them is, is guaranteed a place at all now I think that's fair say
2: The only thing with Ferguson Evan is only like if he started a... But he played like he's only come on for an. I don't, I can't recall him starting. Has he started? Did he not, start
1: for, not for Ireland, no. No, he came on yeah, for. So it's the it's a big ask, Daniels. like if he's our, like mm. he's our bomb or
2: whatever. he's put to bring him into an Irish squad now, and he's meant to start. And the pressure on them on an 18 year old, maybe because he's 18, actually, he'd be grand. If I don't think he does over. pressure,
1: though. To be honest, like you know, we we spoke about this when he was sort of coming on the scene. I think when he scored against Arsenal, was like, could he actually start now? And at the time, we're like, probably not. But like, to be honest, like he's playing against every bit yeah. as good a defender, Kevin. I think that I think Dan is made this point a bit is that. Like the, the the way that game will be, the Ireland-France game, in terms of what Avon Ferguson will be required to do, is obviously going to be very challenging for him.
2: Yeah, well, listen, you'd imagine, right? France will have 70% possession. Um, and he'll be up front and trying to hold the ball up, trying to bring people into play. Another side of his game that is difficult as an 18-year-old, but physically he should be able to do it. But, you know, it's not something he'd been grown up doing the last few years. He'd have been in a, a setup. Where he'd been all football and it, you know that side of it would be a bit different. So I suppose whether Stephen thinks he can do that, whether he, you know, Adamida is another one who probably is more suited to that role, his experience of doing that role for Ireland, um, and Stephen probably trusts him to do that. Um, so whether he'd, you know, whether he'd want to poison Evan with that for 90 minutes, if you know what I mean. You know, great to play against France, but an 18 year old who'd be. Mightn't touch the ball for long periods of the game, and is just basically a workhorse. Um,
3: I I wouldn't be as negative on that
1: on Ireland though. I, like France aren't a massive possession team either yeah. necessarily. Like it's not going to be it's not going to be as. And in fairness, Ireland in, in, against good teams, Kevin, have been really really competitive. Especially like we will be competitive in the game. It's not it's not going to be against the wall for ninety minutes.
2: I don't. It depends on the France that shows up as well. We we, we spoke about this um, in November after the friendlies. After was it the Norway or the Malta was the last friendly game? That. Yeah. It yeah. depends on France and the World Cup, people retire. Yeah, the hangover. How yeah. they come out of the World Cup, how they come out at that final, whether we catch them on the hop. It's probably the best time to play France, to be honest with you. Um, you, know, you know, when you come back into a squad like that after a World Cup, I'd imagine they're going to be like, here we go again. Now start with another thing. It's hard to get going again. So if we're going to play them, now was probably the time to catch them on the hop. We, we have actually played well, you're right, against um, against bigger teams. We've probably played better football against bigger teams, actually. Um, than the smaller teams but we still haven't got a result against any of them you know a meaningful result you know we, we drew Portugal at home
3: yeah, I mean yeah. that yeah. was but like as in
2: when we need one like our wins were Andorra Andorra Azerbaijan Qatar Luxembourg Lithuania Armenia and Malta um, under Stephen so this is the one where he needs to get you know in the next for him for his management career for the team for us for Ireland he needs to spring a win, a big win, an Irish sort of, you know, historic win that we we do pull out a bag every few years to start off. Imagine starting off the group by win against France, you know yes, how how attitudes exciting. would change. Very difficult to do, but he needs one. You know, we need to find one from somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, for it to qualify for anything, we need to win the odd odd big game. i us say we're going to go out and boss France or beat them every week or expect to. But the odd one, you need to, whether you get luck or whatever, you need to find a way to win one of those odd big games to give yourself a chance.
0: I was asking people on Twitter during the week uh, the best ever Republic of Ireland performance. Most people said France 09. Yeah, I, that's not surprising. Um, yeah,
3: I think people, um, I, 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 remember, I, remember I remember watching, back, I, well, I remember watching the game as, as a kid but I don't really recall in details. A lot of people would say Wembley in 91. Oh, yeah, Ray uh, yeah, did that. In terms of like, people talk about Jack Charlton's team in a particular way but as a, a football display that was one of the best Ireland performances, and um, that was the tournament. That was the one tournament that Ireland didn't qualify for in that cycle, um, and that seems to figure high. But I mean, well, listen, like we've, we've someone on the line who remembers two thousand nine very clearly. I mean, I mean that was that was an awesome display.
2: Yeah, how well do we play, Kevin? Uh, yeah, no, we were really, really good. Now, listen, we lost the game, so I'm a yeah. bit like. Whatever. You know, we should have won the game. That really pisses me off that game. We we were it we should have never got to Thierry's handball and all that. Yeah. We were that good. I missed a chance in the first we all played really well. We we missed a few chances. I should have scored in the first half. Um but we had chances and that's what annoys me about that game more than anything. Um
3: how tra- you know, like how, is, how are you Twitter to play
2: like that, and,
1: Kevin? And, how were you able to play like that under that regime? Like, why was that not more normal? It was just so, it was such a, an, an yeah. outlier. And you're looking at the Chippy documentary the other night with Tardelli, and you're like, you know, there were great buds and all that. But you think, like, I mean, we played a fairly horrible brand of football at times, but not that night. It was just like, no, what no. happened? Was it the players no, taking ownership, Campaign yeah. That
2: campaign, we were better. I think our, our brand of football sort of wonder trap was tired in the last year or two. Actually, that first campaign wasn't too bad. Um, that, that game obviously stands out in how we played it. And there was always talk about on a bus, we had a team meeting, we said we'll just go and do our own thing, which never happens unless I was excluded from
1: <laughs> uh, um, Which could <laughs> You'll probably watch well, you know, We played at home. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, what, was the, what was the score going we into? 1 0 to France? 1 0 of his dev
3: and Elka, wasn't it? And, and I suppose
2: this the second leg we've not to lose. You know, we're going out there, lads. Listen, we're going to stay, we're going to go to work up. You know, there's no point in sitting behind them, sitting behind the ball. or 1 0 down, we can't sit behind for 90 minutes. And we we played 4 4 2. And I think it just surprised them that we just, we pressed them, we chased everything and played good football. And I think they were just expecting us to sit back, be hard to break down, boot along, whatever. And it wasn't like that. And you know, really caught them on the hop and they could never get going. They couldn't match our intensity. Intensity wasn't for 10 minutes. Our intensity was for 90 minutes. I remember that game just being absolutely wrecked, shattered afterwards. Everyone was the same. Everyone played as well as they, you know, there was no seven out of 10s. We'd all just played nine out of 10. There was no no tactical genius or anything about it, you know. It was very normal, build up normal what we were where we were set up. Um it was just I suppose one of those nights, you know, cup cup final type feel and game we had to win. Um I think, yeah. you know, you're doing a Twitter poll about great Irish performances. I would imagine most people were playing on Twitter, probably are at the age where that's the mm. game they remember yeah. and they don't mm. remember ones before that, because this and Ireland have had fabulous results.
3: Yeah, the Greyhound uh, did reply. Three-nil against a the ball, 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 ball,
0: was the Scotland game in 87. Seven. Yeah. So it wasn't even the uh, England game in Stuttgart or the Giants stadium when we won at a major tournament against a team that reached the finals. So it was interesting.
1: Three-nil against the USSR has got to be well, okay. up uh, no Yeah, Liam Brady,
0: yeah. Or Hanover against the Soviets, the one I put in. Uh, watching mm. that as a kid, I thought we played brilliantly when well. You're,
1: when you're talking about countries that no longer exist, you do feel your age uh, you know, It's kind of like...
0: Yeah, Arsenal We uh, winning 4 2 against Astonville earlier on in the Premier League. Brentford, Palace, Brighton, Fulham, Chelsea, Southampton, Everton, Leeds, Nottingham, Forest, Man City, Wolves, Bournemouth, all goalless in the Premier League of the Championship. There have been goals in the three o'clock kickoffs. Earlier results Millwall 3, Sheffield United 2, and goals Blackpool 1, Stoke nil. Huddersfield 1, Birmingham 1. Uh, they're the only goals so far in the Championship. We've got Kevin Doyle on the line if you want to text Kevin or ask him a question or Dan or Johnny. You can on Football Saturday here with Sky, and we're back after this you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John, go with you through to five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106 or tweet us at Off the Ball. Delighted to be joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland, Reading and Wolf striker, Kevin Doyle. And in studio as well by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell. And the broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball. Listen on your radio across the country in News Talk. Also watch us on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook and on the OTB Sports. WhatsApp. Just in terms of sport elsewhere, Zebra 6, Connacht 19. Uh, Dylan Turney-Martin has scored a hat trick at tries for Connacht. Brilliant performance from him in the URC. Half an hour on the watch. Uh, Goran Park, the Red Mills trial hurdle. Field door 4-1 winner of that. Over two miles for uh, Gordon Elliott, the trainer Jordan Gainford, the jockey, and Janadil has just won the Red Mills Chase, the other Grade Two. Uh, there, Janadil seven to two shot with uh, Rachel Blackmore in the saddle for Willie Mullins. So that's what's going on racing wise. We also have a uh, Games today in Division Four of the Football League. Uh, Wicklow one sixteen, London one nine. In the Premier League, uh, lots of matches kicking off at three o'clock, including uh, Manchester City away to Nottingham Forest. And uh, that is goalless at the moment. Uh, Kevin Doyle, early in Haaland, um, what have you made of him so far this season? Incredibly, 26 goals in 22 games.
2: Can he still get better? How how good uh, is this guy? He's had a quiet, well, I suppose he scored during the night, didn't he? he had a quiet couple of weeks. Can he get better? I don't think he can. He's not going to get quicker. He's not going to get stronger. He's not going to become a better finisher. Um, I suppose like you could say he be involved in the build up play more, but Man City don't want him involved in the build up play. So if he gets involved in the build up play, he's not going to score as many goals. they sign him to be you know, in the box and putting the putting the ball in the back of the net like he's doing. So I don't know what more he can do. He's probably the best he's the best centre forward in the world right now. If he just stays doing what he's doing, he's gonna be the best centre forward in the world for the next Till he wants as much as he wants i don't think he can get this and he can always improve little bits and possibly i don't think he's going to become much he can't improve his goal scoring record better than already is to be honest
0: is he gonna be the difference in terms of the money in the champions league
2: just in terms I of style know.
0: i don't know listen they came so
2: close for a number of years and you know as it comes to little things like they should have won it last year yeah they threw it away um and that game when they were two nil up or the one or two nil up you know, and, and that's not going to... Him, you know, they, they score goals last year in the Champions League. He's not going to be the difference was defensively where they let themselves down last year. So, I don't know whether he's going to be the difference or not. Um, you know, you could say in the Premier League, he's probably, you know, they're, they're eight or nine points, I think, behind where they were at this stage last year. So, you could argue, well, he's hindered them a little bit. Maybe they're not as good an all-round team. Maybe when it comes to a big, vital game, he will be the difference in the Champions League because he might score that goal I guess them true. Who knows? Listen, they haven't been too bad in the Champions League. It becomes you know, when you get to that semi-final stage, final, semi-final, there's so little fine lines, fine margins, you know, it's not just the scoring goals. They've they never seen that problem scoring goals. It's more about keeping them out where they've had the issues. So I don't know. Um, but as an out center forward, watching him, looking at him, I, you know, he's, I, I, I enjoy watching him. I enjoy his, doesn't seem to care about missing chances either. Doesn't seem to bother him. Confidence doesn't seem to be any issue with him. He can score all types of goals. Um, yeah, he's, he's, you know, if you were to design a sort of number nine centre-forward footballer from a physical standpoint, he'd be the one you'd, you'd design, you know, he's uh,
1: an absolute machine. What, what rating would you give him, sorry, Gilly, what rating would you give him out of 10 when he's not in the box?
2: When he's not in the box, he's he's a loosest first cut, a loose-ish first touch um, where he's back to goal, um, so I wouldn't rate him that high, but then... I wouldn't rate him, you know, I wouldn't give him an 8 or 9. He's probably down at 6 or 7 when he's not in the box. Um, but then I've seen clips of him when he was at Dortmund where he was, you know, setting up stuff in that number 10 position, doing all sorts of, you know, uh, not just being the one that was in the box scoring goals. So, you know, obviously he is in there. And when he's not in the box or, you know, he's outside the box, So I said, Man City so don't want him outside the box. If they wanted him outside the box or they're saying some else, they want him just in the But they have enough good players there. Lads everywhere on the pitch um, can play football. They don't need him out there muddling it up and getting in the way. They just want him in the end of stuff. Um a bit like Aguero for them. It's a funny because it it seemed like he didn't Pep didn't like Aguero. He didn't like that fella just in the box. Um sorry, I just have Shishkin on in the background lads. He, he he won. Yeah, Africa. he won. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, you have to half or oh, you have the half the not Shishkin, sorry.
2: Impress impressively. Um, um but yeah, you know, with Man City and Aguero. Um you know, he didn't. Pep looked like he tried every way not to play him, but sort of had to play him because he got them goals. And he wasn't one that he was involved in too much outside the box. Didn't didn't hunt and close down too much. Haland off the ball works a bit harder than Aguero did for them. That's the only thing I give Haland over Aguero as well. Um, but like, it was a strange one that he signed Haland and and he is just that out and out finisher. When when before he'd nearly want he, he wanted to play without center forwards. Maybe that's Pep has adapted as well and changed, and now he, he realised Listen, I Liverpool were playing without an out and out center forward really for a couple of years. They say Nunes in the summer. Man City signed Haaland and um, you can't say it hasn't worked for them but really it's comes to the end of the season. Doesn't it? Right now we don't know. He might win the Premier League, he might win the Champions League and then you say well it hasn't really worked for them has it.
0: Yeah 2-1 Shishkin and yeah. the Betfair Ascot Chase the grade one there. Um, Rashford scored what 14 goals in 16 games since he came back so yeah. where are you rating him?
2: Yeah pure confidence isn't it? It's just it's amazing like confidence in sport and and you know Someone who believes in your ear little swords or Ronaldo's one the Mac whatever. I don't know. He just didn't look happy to me the last few years. He looks happy now. Um, whether that's the manager or whatever, you don't know in his private life. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But and again, you know, you play I like I like Rasher because he can play him on the left and he seems to score as many goals on the left as he does through the middle. Great pace. Um, another one whose first touch lets him down a little bit, but he's so quick is that option in behind for them. They're so much better when he's playing this than anyone with with pace. To stretch teams to have someone in behind. Um, we're doing like doing the PSG game tonight, like when they changed and brought him back behind, the difference. Mbappe obviously is the best player in the world, but when you have that pace to frighten people, you, you don't have half get away with a few things. And it you know, it allows you to, it allows so much other options and it, it makes teams not able to press you quite as high and quite as intense because this one booted clearance and you have someone like an you know, Mbappe or Rashford on top. So I really like Rashford, he's exciting, really good finisher. He's on a hot streak at the moment, obviously, but um. And I'm a I'm a Man United fan. That's so um, good to see him back. He was the quality always talked about. He's going to be a top top player, and he never it seemed to fulfil it. And now he seems to be fulfilling it. You are a Man United fan. I am. Did fan you ever fan. score there? Uh, I didn't score at Old Trafford. I scored against him a few times, but I didn't score at Old Trafford. No. Kiss the badge and all that. Kiss the badge. I I, uh, I celebrate when I him. Like, Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> Uh, would I kiss the Man United match? Jesus, if they'd they me, I'd kiss anything. <laughs> not
1: now.
3: I don't, I just go back to Haaland. I don't know if you saw the Thierry Henry speaking about Haaland during the week. No. And Thierry Henry would, um, I don't know, he wouldn't have been everyone's cup of tea as a, as a pundit, but it was it was actually very, I think it was on CBS, it was on American TV with, with Jamie Carragher, and I think it was around the Arsenal game on Wednesday, and I'm not sure... Um, and he was, he was definitely speaking about the advice he got from Arsene Wenger when he was a striker. I don't know if, if Kevin would relate to this in any way, but, but Omri has been slightly critical of Haaland's all-around play compared to Harry Kane on the basis that, that his view was, and I suppose like some of this could be instruction, that Haaland is almost looking for the same run, looking for the same service from every player all of the time, i.e. when Kevin De Bruyne gets the ball he's looking for, he knows the, the type of pass De Bruyne can play and he makes the run to anticipate it, but he'd be similar um, for other players like Bernardo Silver getting on the ball, and Henri was talking about how I think Wenger had said to him, "Okay, you know, certain players want things in different ways. Like Robert Perez loves a one-two, so come look for the one-two when he has it. Sort of be more of a team player, I guess." Was the was the comment? And I don't know, like, have is is are we seeing any of that in Holland? I don't know. Does that I don't know? Do you identify that with that in any way, Kevin? Like, you know, would you've tailored your movements depending on? the teammate that has the ball and knowing their strengths and weaknesses or is it very much yeah. you have your role? Oh, listen, you'd know,
2: obviously, depending on who'd have it, you'd know whether it's a, whether it's you're wasting your time making a run or not. To yeah. With you. Um, but I think at that Man City's level, listen, there's not too many in that team who can't find you at pass. Um I'm trying to think of a weakness there, someone who wouldn't be able to find Alan. The brain is that obviously on another wave when he's on form is another level altogether but like everyone in that team would and, and, and a compare, it's hard to compare him to harry kane one playing for spurs harry kane has to do a lot more for spurs in the build-up play and he likes doing it. i think he enjoys it, he's very good at it, but he has to do it he has no choice because mm. he won't get the ball he can't sit in the box and be you know just out and out goal score as many goals as he does get he gets more from outside the box he probably assists more i don't know if we're going to the figures i don't know I'm in front of me i'd imagine harry kane assists more but he has no choice Spurs aren't Man City, you know, they're a level below and he has to be involved um, a lot more than Haaland does. And I'm sure if Haaland was playing for Spurs, he'd be involved a lot more in in different things, you know. So, again, Spurs don't have the players who can find Harry Kane either, um, like Man City do. I'm trying to think of a a player Man City couldn't. You know,
3: yeah, you think I, I think I think Henri, Henri's point was maybe that in like, that like Man City would be fine in most games, but maybe it's in, in some of the bigger games against the stronger teams you need a little bit more from Haaland in that regard. That was his argument. Now, yeah. actually, his goal the other night, the insurance goal the other night, there was a little bit of link up play. so that's obviously he. But in the Spurs he, game, he he's, didn't.
1: He's, wasn't he's, seen. Mm. Yeah, uh, here's here's a staggering stat for you. Right, so Haaland as JD mentioned. Kevin, 26 goals. How many assists do you think he has?
2: I, I think I've
1: seen him uh, give Bowden a couple of passes for goals. So he has four. Harry Kane has 17 goals. How many assists does he have? Right. You're throwing this out now like the <laughs> Harry
2: Kane must have less, does he? I don't know.
1: Go ahead. Uh, i go
2: for something similar then. Four? One?
3: Yeah, but like, there we go. It's it, it's anomalous, but, but there It's, you go. it's I the assist have, before the assist. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. What I mean? This is this is where you very can, very like, profound, then. Yeah, well, it's yeah. true though. Like, no, it is. It is a it lot is, of times Kane might be dropping deep and like feed a, a winger or someone who, who crosses yeah. and scores. You know, well, so. well assist from
1: Haaland's not bad actually. Like I, that, I'm actually surprised you've, you've got a taste of the crappy quiz and it's
0: uh, <laughs> seeped into this <laughs> afternoon. Uh, um, but by, by the way, Bernardo Silva scored for Manchester City. They're one nil. They lead Nottingham Forest at halftime and the goal in the Chelsea Southampton game. For Southampton. James Ward-Prowse on the mark there at Stamford Bridge uh, there was a bit of a row there Everton leads uh, half time it's goalless um, Decore and Anto were at it
3: Can we find out if Ward-Prowse was a free kick I mean it generally is a yeah, free, generally kick. Is I a free kick I don't know I don't know if uh, that
0: was the case Brighton nil Fulham nil uh, Brentford nil Crystal Palace nil uh, Wolves nil Bournemouth nil and half five Newcastle against Liverpool Arsenal one at 4-2 I uh, went to Aston Villa earlier on today in the Championship. Uh, these matches uh, go in half time. Blackburn nil, Swansea nil. Blackpool one, Stoke nil. Huddersfield one, Birmingham City one. Whole nil, press nil is in injury
3: time. Every then. other game is nil all. It's like the Northern Ireland sports reports. <laughs> <laughs> like you can just read off a load of they nil They actually all. are. They are. What Every are. other game in the Championship is scoreless. <laughs> That's so mad. Start, whistling,
0: is yeah, mad. start whistling. Yeah, start <laughs> whistling. Uh, Luton, Burnley, Middlesbrough, Coop, Rotherham Coventry, Sunderland, Bristol City, and Wigan. Distillery. No, no, it's actually Wigan. Marriage <laughs> uh, is, is goalless as well. Celtic are leading in the in the Premiership, two uh, nil against Aberdeen. Uh, Dundee United nil. St Johnston won. Hibernian 1, Kilmarnock nil, Livingston nil, Rangers one, and a half and a half-time score, St. Mirren 1, Ross County nil, and the rugby now, Connacht 31, Zebra 13. Um, yeah, Man United, uh, Qatar or Jim Ratcliffe? Uh, it's, it's almost like the Newcastle thing, I'm thinking to myself, if Qatar buy it, and uh, I don't know if you know if they're allowed to buy it with the PSG, I'm sure there's some way they'll be able to buy it. Um, are the fans going to care if uh, the Premier League and the Champions League trophies start going back to Old Trafford?
3: Well, I mean, the the thing about this is there's Manchester United have enough fans that if if some have an issue, as they will, and you could argue you not to get into the water battery. I think it's I think you know if you have concerns about uh, if you've voiced concerns previously about Man City and Newcastle, and then your you know your own club suddenly. Uh, takes ownership from there. You can't really sort of just look at your, you know, shuffle and look at look downwards and and not not be aware of it. And you do see in some of the comments online that there are some Manchester United fans who wouldn't be chuffed about this. But and sadly, I suppose the way the world, they have enough of them <laughs> that they'll be okay. Like they, they, it's not as if it's a dunno, a small community club who like relies on their 5,000, 10,000 season ticket holders that they suddenly boycott they have an issue. but like, this is a massive global brand. That's why uh, Qatar want it. I mean let's be honest. You know, it's it's all like, you know, as we as we've seen with the World Cup and as we've seen with everything about Qatar, you know, in terms of the various projects they've got involved in. And similar to Saudi, it's all a power play. It's all a show of strength. We can get the World Cup here. In Saudi's case we can get Ronaldo here. Um, and we can own all of these stars in um, in some shape or form. And Manchester United is one of the most prestigious, I mean, D name you could argue, or to some people certainly D name and world football. If they get that, I mean, that's the ultimate show of strength. And of course, I mean, yeah, there, there there's going to be some charade. If they, you know, I know it's different people. It's not like uh, it's not the same as PSG. And and of course, you know, but anyone who's been to Qatar, been, a bit of knowledge about Qatar knows that really. Um, there was one true power there, and if, or, 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 if a Qatari company or person is doing business, you know where it's going back to.
0: press was a free kick, by
2: the way.
3: Oh, of course,
0: uh, Kevin, you just revealed you're a not a fan. Are you going to mind if it's Qatari ownership?
2: Ah, oh, no, I just don't think any country should own football clubs, To be honest with you, um, like how can I? How can any other club? you know, that's not owned by an oil rich state feel they're going to be able to compete in the long run with them. It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Like, The cat is out of the bag. There's a number of clubs owned by them around the world now, different countries, but I just think it's ridiculous in the first place. It should have never been allowed to happen. And especially now, all in two clubs. It's just, you know, there should be... Uh, I, I thought there was a rule against, um you know, the one crowd all two football clubs. Obviously there's not, because Red Bull have a good few, don't they? So... Um, that shouldn't be allowed, they're gonna be competing against each other in, in European football. Um no, I would prefer if um Jim Radcliffe and Neos, at least he's 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 from the country and I think he's a Man United fan. He is yeah. Um, yeah, so listen, like that historically that would have been the case, you know, would have been a rich you know, local or whatever owning a owning a club in the in in their in their country. So um, uh, you know, that is what you want. And he's a billionaire. So he's the best of everything, isn't it? You know, a multi-billionaire is what you need and he's one. So um I don't think the Glazers are going to care who they sell it to, whoever pays the most money. So hopefully he does.
3: Yeah, I, I, we'll we'll just say that someone who's occasionally on a show who might be a Spurs fan who might be Shane Keegan has just texted me to say please 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 don't let Johnny away from that. Harry Kane actually has five assists in the Premier League this year. The BBC, sorry, the, sorry, the BBC is wrong then, Shane. But the official Premier League
1: website, Johnny Ward. Right? You know, you, you, you have you, to. If you you're going to do the tendency to be a quiz master this, you're coming this, in here. You're wearing a. I can't believe Shane. What was the need? Why didn't you just text me that privately? It's on. Uh, it's on. It's literally on the BBC, the the British Broadcasting Corporation. One. Look at it this is, yeah, this is fake this, news this explains
3: fake this explains why uh, Johnny's tenure as crappy quiz host was uh, somewhat chaotic
0: and on that note you've got uh, go to go to a break got to go to a break Johnny Ward Daniel McDonnell and Kevin Doyle on the line on Football Saturday you want to text us 53106 we're back after the news and are welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. Listen across the country on your radio and News Talk. Also, watch us if you'd like on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on the OTB Sports app. Delighted to have on the line the former Republic of Ireland, Reading and Wolves striker Kevin Doyle, and in studio the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell. And the broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward, in the Premier League. If you're just joining us, folks, Man City 1-0 up away to Nottingham Forest. Bernardo Silva with the goal. Uh, We also have James ward Press putting Southampton 1-0 up away to Chelsea. All the other games are goalless. Uh, The three o'clock matches, Brentford, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Fulham. Uh, Everton, Leeds, which is a real six-pointer. And Wolves against
1: Bournemouth. Shane Keegan's obviously on as well. Just he's taking note of any little mistake that's made. I actually messaged, sent Shane a lovely voice note yesterday, probably on the way down. Just wishing him the best. Best of luck this season. I think you'll do well. That was a
0: difference last night obviously as well.
1: Um, oh well obviously yeah. But he didn't. Going he, going not only did he not reply but the first interaction he's had with me since is through the medium of Dan to tell me that I was wrong on national radio. And I was well wrong to be fair. It's golden Shane done with you. Yeah, done with you. Yeah, done with you. Next you know I mean? to Liars. But yeah I'm done with you Shane. Well done last night. Uh,
0: Kevin Doyle. Um, Liverpool half five away to Newcastle. What, where, what's, what's your view on them at the moment? Was the Merseyside Derby a positive sign. Um, Klopp seems to be up for it, but uh, a lot of rebuilding to be done there.
2: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Rebuilding, like when you think of where they were last year. I think they're going to be around forever, and it's all about rebuilding now, six months into a the season. Um, they were good. Um, everything was poor. Like it's hard to judge. It's a it's a derby game. Everything. Liverpool, obviously. So you know you want to see that now in the next few games. Um, I thought Nunes was good. Just like to see him Keanu run a score goals now. Um and to play them on the left as well. Um you know, are they want to play him there going forward and not play him through the center. Um yeah, no, This I don't know. I don't know where Liverpool stand. I'm a bit on the I'm a bit on the whole Klopp is so motivational motivational as a matter of you'd love to have played from over the years, but there's a lot of those same players here in the same voice and and you know. I don't know if it works forever. You know, it's when you're, when you're high energy, high intensity, and they're more high energy and high intensity than anyone. And he's that voice all the time. He's the one that they rely on. You know, you think of the managers who were there for a long time, like Alex Ferguson, obviously the best, the greatest probably of all time. He wasn't like that. And he changed his assistant managers a lot and he didn't speak. He didn't take training sessions. You know, the assistant managers took training sessions. He walked around and watched players. Didn't hear his voice all the time. So when he did speak, it was important. Whereas I feel with Klopp, and from watching him, I know he takes the train sessions. He's always there. He's always the one motivating them. He's always the one, and that's all the players here. And I think, you know, you eventually run out run out of things to say to them. Players maybe stop listening quite as much, um, stop having the same impact on them, because, you know, to play that high intensity, it's a lot of it is... It's fed from the manager, so I don't know. I'm, I, I'm feeling that's the side of it, and maybe he does need a rebuild of players, fresh players who haven't heard that all from him before, um, to to get them going again. But maybe I'm wrong. It's and, uh, this is the turn of, this is the turn of the corner for them after getting a, a decent win against Everton.
1: It's interesting. Kevin says that because yeah, Everton at the moment are. Or- nil all against fellow strugglers Leeds um, but like Everton were so bad in that derby game JD I mean who's going to score goals then that's the problem yeah they they hit the post just before Salah's goal but like Salah's goal I mean Salah's had a I'd say he's had about a one and a half out of ten season by his standards he's been like just so so much a shadow of the player and it's not for lack of effort but it's just it's not happening for him for some reason so it's vital that he got the goal but I, I mean I think Liverpool Liverpool's problems haven't gone away that there, there are a couple of positives from the game the other night I think obviously they won and um, as well. He, he was very good the, to, for me the main positive was Jota and Firmino came on and they will That's that strike force as much as yeah. Nunes didn't play bad Nunes played quite well but that strike force needs um, a bit of a shake, a shake up and I think the two of them coming back this game today is so so hard to call in terms of um you know Newcastle having a little bit of a rut themselves. They're, they're the too many
0: draws, Newcastle.
1: Yeah, but they don't concede, and the way like they really don't concede. And how Liverpool, Liverpool approach the game, I I think it's an absolutely fascinating game. I'm really annoyed I have to go to dinner. I might turn my phone on um surreptitiously and kind of watch it while. You got Shay Keegan you, yeah, <laughs> and call me out on uh, my my wrong dinner choices, but yeah, yeah, um. yeah. I I don't think Liverpool have by any stretch turned a corner yet, but I think the today will tell us far more than an insipid Everton.
0: Uh, Bournemouth have scored, subjectively, or away to Wolves, which is an interesting goal down the bottom. Uh, we'll keep you updated on who got that uh, in a moment. Kevin, did you tune out of managers then, if you were playing them for quite a while? That were you actually the message was it really important in your career? And did managers have the ability to freshen things up when you were playing?
2: Um. I was one actually I only realised later in my career I I was probably like if I heard the message after two or three years I I should move on you know and you you, again it's managers and and depending on the manager in fairness like say say early in my career um, even League of Ireland Pat Dolan was my manager and a really good really good motivational manager but uh, I felt anyway he could probably only get the best Pat has listened to this now he'll, he'll probably ring me up but you know, his type of management, I think, could only get the best out of you for two or three years. And then you've heard him have, you know, you've heard everything he has to say because he put so much into, a bit like that sort of Klopp style, so much into high intensity so much, you heard that message. And then, so the opposite was Steve Koppel, didn't take a training session. You never heard him talk, walked around, you didn't hear him in training. So when you heard him, you only really heard him on match day. Um, so you're not hearing that voice all the time. You're not running him. He had two or three coaches and he brought in different coaches. So... That side of it, I personally preferred. So when the manager spoke, you weren't hearing him every day. When he spoke, you listened, and he'd keep it short and sweet. Mick McCarthy then was, again, uh, more he would take training sessions and you would hear his voice all the time. Um, and, again, I enjoy playing under, but, again, I think once he, you know, for me anyway, once you hear that voice, if the manager's taking training sessions and doing the talking on match day and you hear them on the side of the pitch on match day, you know, the manager's to me who lasts the longest, at a club are the ones who don't take training sessions during the week, who have good coaches, who maybe rotate their coaches or bring in new coaches. Like I said, Alex Ferguson did. He went to, to the amount of different assistant managers he had over the years. So the players aren't hearing the same voice. They're doing different things. They're seeing different drills or whatever. Keeping them fresh, keeping players fresh and mentally fresh and listening to those messages is vital. And um, managers, to me, the best managers are the ones who delegate and pick the best coaches and say little, but when they say it, it's important and they're always watching. I was felt to say with Steve Koppel, he was always watching me, even though everyone felt like that. You know, he's watching the goalkeepers, he's watching attackers in training, he'd walk around, he'd see everything that was going on. When you looked up, he was always looking at you and every player had that feeling and without him ever having to speak to you and hear his voice every single day, which, you know, you're together for 340 probably days of a calendar year. Um, you know, if you're hearing a manager every day ranting and raving and training, you know, he soon starts to um, lose his impact
1: kind of like a relationship, isn't it? You know, if you just do the same <laughs> thing day in, day out, it's like, yeah, just say a little bit less and things will be grand. But um, no, I, I think... I, I, I'm absolutely fascinated <laughs> with what he's saying there. Um, I'm
0: just going to move on. We're all
1: told. Totally, <laughs> there was that thing about um, Brian Clough.
3: I two, three years? I, 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 probably, I probably got yeah. out of dinner.
1: I probably got out at the five o'clock. But uh, Brian Clough, they used to say, like, that he he had so much power over his players if he looked at them on the pitch just looked at them he could get them to turn around without without them even knowing but um, I was just watching they were on about confidence Bamford like what has happened to him he did a lovely 1-2 there fairly straightforward finish in front of goal absolutely skies it misses the ball entirely and on about confidence players JD he's, he's he's a guy who could definitely do the
3: it's a bit of a tangent the, but like, I, I think I think there is something in certain managers and, and it, like to hear Kevin actually say it like like um, someone like Pat Dolan or, or I, I like, even someone like Cimarino Mourinho, who his career is sort of peppered with like short spells at club. You can, you can maybe say Conte could be something like yes, that as well. Yeah. That there's but a certain it, 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 intensity. The best, before,
0: the best performance of Spurs in probably about a year is when he wasn't there and Stellini was there yeah. for the city game.
3: Like, this, is there this, a fear there as well? Well, or I, mean? I don't know, but I think I mean, okay, that can happen. That's just like, he wasn't in the ground. But I think it's more. I think Evans talking about the environment week to week. Yeah, and like there are clearly managers who. Like if to to to, to sort of um, to sort of preside over a dynasty and stay for a long period of time, you need to freshen it up. That's what people would say about Ferguson that he would evolve, or as sort of you know Kevin sort of alludes to there. I mean, like he changed as number two so many times, so it wasn't like the same regime all the time, and there was a sort of a certain freshness to it. And you do see these managers who just go from job to job. They come in, they have an impact. It's great. They get a buy-in, but clearly the demands of it just over time. Um, they're, they're not sustainable but like in a way like the average shelf life of a manager's job now is that time anyway it's two, three well, it's, two, it's two, three it's hard years. to
0: think of a, a manager winning 13 Premier League titles now as Ferguson did he effectively had four teams oh yeah and he was able to get players out of the club they didn't want like Ince, Conchus, uh, Hughes they all moved on quite quickly you don't want anything with kids and then you had what Brian Kidd, McLaren, Kiras.
3: Mm.
1: absolutely like of the two people you talk about there Kevin then who's more important the manager or the lad who's taking training
2: um the manager definitely like like the little things he'd say actually there's another one i played under harry redknapp for six oh, months here we go and um, didn't take a training session um we'll be walking around he'd be talking to you afterwards he'd be saying something he saw you doing training he'd be like he'd come up and say jeez kevin not finishing training you know a little thing like that afterwards you know training is tactical it's getting your twitch right, it's getting your shape right. The manager can tell the coaches what he wants them to do and they go do it. And you don't have to hear the manager tell you. And he might step in the odd time and, you know, make a point or whatever like that. But if the manager is the one taking the session, uh, to me anyway, I think their message gets lost over time. The impact of it gets lost over time. Um the coaches, you want a good coach, of course, you want a fellow who's able to put on a session and players listen to him and make the sessions enjoyable, but he's only carrying out the instructions of the manager. They'll sit down to the meeting beforehand, the manager will tell him what he wants, what he, way he wants the team to play the player or whatever. And it's it's the manager picking a good coach, knowing who to pick, knowing the right personality, knowing someone who's going to, you know, get their respective players or whatever it might be, and um, know someone who's just good at his job. But to me, the manager is is vital. Um But less is more, in my opinion, anyway. Like I remember John O'Shea telling me, if if Alex Ferguson, the very odd time, if assistant manager was sick or something, if he had to take a training session, the whole place would be depressed and it'd be giving (laughs) him abuse, even because he just couldn't take a training session. You know, everyone thinks now a top manager has to be a really good coach, or you know, I'm sure he's a good coach, but not on the whole putting down cones and giving him drills and doing all that side. But Mm. that wasn't what he was good at. He was just good at picking the right people. You know, good at good at seeing instances, good at knowing good players, good at picking. You know, good at delegating, and then being able to get the respect. And you know, that's in my opinion, that's why he was so successful for such a long, long sustained period. Now we see people like, like Emery, really good coach. I bet you he's the best coach on the training pitch. I bet you Mourinho is unbelievable on the training pitch. But they all last like how many clubs has Emery had in the last you know ten years. You know, he lasts about two years and goes somewhere else. Thomas Tuchel lasts a couple of years. They have that initial impact. They're getting really organized. It's fantastic. It works really well. Everything's they're brilliant. But they're gone after two years because, you know, they're so intense, so early. So everything goes through them. Every transition, you know, everything is dictated by them. The voice, To me, anyway, from what I see from the outside, it's their voice all the time. Um, I think they'll be better and they get more longevity. Keep themselves looking fresher and younger if they put trust in their assistant managers and stood back a little bit and. And took a bigger view and a bigger picture. Um, I think. And, uh, I think that's the way To me, that's that. That's the way a manager should be. That's how you know. I felt I played the best under managers like that. I
3: it's. I mean, clearly. I mean, as as you've said, like the manager is the most important. And I don't know if you've been in this situation, but sometimes you hear grumbles say they're in a particular place where actually it might be that the, the the players mightn't be mad on a coach. Like they mightn't rate the coach, or they mightn't get on great with like sort of a. A fitness coach or someone who who has a role like does that undermine the manager then if like the staff aren't liked if you know what i'm saying like if, if you have that dynamic where the manager's hands off you still need a good environment to be created by that, that other person day to day on the training ground
2: yeah definitely you need a manager that's the manager's job that's just as important getting the right physios getting the right fitness coaches you know you know knowing to pick the right people some and a lot of clubs now actually you know change the sort of model where a manager gets sacked and the physio says the same and the fitness coach and it all says the same behind the scenes and I can I see the reason for that you don't want to be sacking 20 people and a whole change but I also see there's other managers who well I like to bring in my own assistant I like to bring my own chief scout and I like to bring my own physio and they, they want to do that because they know their personalities they know them behind the scenes they know they're not going to be going behind their backs they know their positive outlook or whatever it might be so I can see both sides of that, you know, it's so important. Players are dealing with physios day-to-day. They're dealing with but They're the people you interact with every day for, as I, you know, as I spoke about 300-something days a year. You, you don't interact with the manager every day. You know, you see him mostly. You see him, you know, you might actually speak one-on-one with him once every few weeks. You know, you don't actually... Mm. It's the people around him are as vital as he is to create that. You know, 30 people trying to keep 30 footballers happy and have a positive vibe. You don't want... The masseuse who the masseuses might be in the changing room massaging every day. If they're a negative influence in a changing room, they'll drag down two or three or four and they'll create a little flick. There's so many little things that are important that managers need to spot more so than you know just as important as a little tactical thing on on the training ground or on in a match day. It's creating the right atmosphere in a club. You know when you're together so much, you're traveling together, sleeping together, eating together. Everyone has to be you know, the more positive people around the place, the better. I think Man United, now, I, you would know, have had a new no bullshit signing policy or something. No, what's the same saying? Put no up, dickheads, no, is it? No yeah. dickheads, yeah. yeah. Um You know, and that is so important because one or two, you can have a few dickheads, you can have a couple and the positive players will win out. But if you have more than three or four, they'll pull, you know, there's people who flow in the middle and they'll pull them towards them and all of a sudden you'll have... 15 dickheads, and they'll have such a negative influence on a, on a squad. So it's so important, you know, to all those things that sort of get forgotten about behind the scenes, that, you know, managers, it's not just about a guy coming in and, you know, being a really good coach. He has to be a manager and he has to get everything right behind the scenes to yeah. uh, get the best out of the squad.
0: Because uh, you were you said you were watching the PSG the other night. Nice. It seems like they're the Harlem Globetrotters, um, just yeah. these like Galacticos just put together, uh, but no team, no cohesion, and then cryptic messages from... Yeah. Mbappe criticizing his teammates.
2: Yeah, that's what I didn't want to say it on RT I was doing that game. I didn't think I could say the no dickheads thing. Um Yeah, we just said it here. So I suppose we, <laughs> you probably you probably, you probably should stop saying uh, it now at this stage. <laughs> well I think I don't think if ESG go by that policy. Um, no, listen, there there they're relying as well the other night, like Neymar Messi is fabulous affairs. Neymar's gone. Like he's he's 31, he was poor in the World Cup, let's be honest. Messi had absolute dogs around him for Argentina who helped him when they didn't have the ball so much. And when he did, he still had that brilliance. But he doesn't have those around him at PSG. So they had Neymar and Messi up front the other night at PSG. And like Liz, they didn't run five yards between them. They were waste of time off the ball. And then when they did have the ball, it was the two of them were coming short all the time. It was amazing the turnaround when Mbappe came on. This is easy, Mbappe. one of them. This is probably the best pair in the world at the moment. But just from sprinting in behind, just running, caused havoc. And actually PSG could have got something out of the game. Probably should have. Um Probably should have in the end, considering you know, which they were pretty poor up to that point, they still could have got something in the game, but you know, it's you know, the you know, we're sort of gone off track here. What would yeah.
1: Stephen Kenny do just on just in thinking of Mbappe there? What, what do you do in a situation like that? Because, A, you want to be positive, it's anathema to Stephen Kenny to be to have a negative mindset, or a, even look, a, he will be conservative at times, but he's going to tell the Ireland players, Yes, you can beat France. But what do we do? Do we play three at the back? Do we, who like who ultimately is responsible for Mbappe? Should we break, should we lose possession? Right. Who's vaguely able to actually track him and, and look after him? Hopefully about three, lads. Right. Um, but
2: listen, there's, you can't leave him one-on-one if it's James Coleman or Matt Doherty-Webber playing right back. They need to be doubling up on it. I'm sure they'll be working on that and even doubling up on it. Like, let's be honest if a bat is up for it right? and if he is up for it who knows he might be up for it he need to be motivated for games he might be up he might be Cups over now and this and I'm not interested in playing Ireland maybe he won't turn up he might be injured whatever if he turns up and he's motivated like there's no stopping him you know he's as good he's top class speed right he's probably the fastest player in the world but he's just as good if he didn't have that speed he'd still be he'd still be a professional footballer and a really really good professional footballer um, his skills like left foot right foot in the air, scores headers as well. Um, I don't particularly, he doesn't come across as, uh, you know, the most selfless player in the world or whatever like that. It seems to be all a, a bit about him, but most top players are. Um, but he's just, yeah, he's he's unmarkable. You just do your best. You try double up on him. You try to stop the ball getting to him. You figure out ways to stop it getting to him, trying to cut off channels, cut off lines where he'll receive the ball. But he will get the ball in the game. And, um, and when he does get it, you try to up on him, you try make sure you have pace on that side of the pitch. Whatever winger or whatever white player he's using to help out Seamus Comer, you try to have pace there, and then you hope for the best and hope he's having an off night and hope you get a bit of luck.
3: Yeah, like it was fascinating watching Mbappe play for France in the World Cup, because the thing is, I know Giroud, I was just checking, Giroud actually isn't retiring, but you could see uh, there were times where Deschamps moved Mbappe into the central striking role, um, you know, at times in games. Like... Even against England, like he he had probably had one of those quieter games where Kyle Walker did reasonably well, but then Mbappe was sort of drifted inside a couple of times and actually had a role in like the the first goal again just by his sheer presence. So he is almost he is sort of unmarkable in a way, you know. And and he, because he has the ability to sort of to mix it up, and um, mm. like you can have a plan, but I don't think you can sort of designate someone like it's not like a sort of a a man to man job thing. Just won't like won't <laughs> function. Like you see, as, as Everton Everson have scored, he He's a crazy. Seamus, Seamus, Seamus Coleman, what an unbelievably bizarre goal! I don't know how to. Like, I think he's trying to
1: cross the ball. The keeper is totally, totally misread it. And would you, Adam, and even Seamus Coleman among the goals? Everton one
3: leads nil Seamus in the Seamus Premier League. Uh, it's goals funny. Goals. A few minutes previously, Seamus Coleman was flagged offside, um, which suggests that he's been sort of getting involved. they're trying to get him involved a little bit higher up, um, because it was just in sort of general play. He was that advanced that he um, he just got done. Um, so I haven't seen this, but, I mean, Johnny's response has built Well, it's, it's, a,
1: it's so. a it's a greater response than the Evan Ferguson one from a few the, weeks ago. You saw, the
3: sec-
1: <laughs> you saw the second goal that Spohr scored last night and the goalkeeper. He's onside. Watch this. But it's so another
3: break and run again.
1: Insane. Oh, what's Melier doing?
3: What is Melier like Now, Coleman, maybe he's
1: gone for this. I mean, there's no... It's like, no, uh, I... I it's a cross I don't think he's
3: well I don't know yeah. like he's sort of, I mean, to describe it for people like it's sort of a 30 yard ball clipped over the to the right side of the defensive area and um, yeah I assume as say, he's just waiting for the ball to be crossed so he leaves a big gap at the near post that Coleman volleys it into now it's a good connection
1: yeah it's, a, it's an awful 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 cross or a piece of great ingenuity but James Coleman I know he was what was his landmark
3: uh, 400th appearance the other night in.
1: Um, and for him to be playing at this level with the injuries that he's had in a position where you, you know really are reliant on pace and his pace isn't what it was to score a goal like that, he must be absolutely on top of the world. And um, it, just before that, again, you know Bamford was sort of true, JD. He was, he just, yeah, it's been intense. You, you got this feeling, though, he's not going to control this ball. He miscontrolled it. Um, and it, it's been fascinating. Like, I mean, we've two pretty poor teams here, but that was one of the oddest goals I have to see. I've seen. Sometimes uh, you need a, that in a, on these, a these kind of matches here. yeah Yeah.
3: He could have um, meant this. Maybe he did. You look at the replay. He's let's, not quite let's, looking up. Let's hear enough.
1: from people who are watching it. Did he mean that? I I, I can't imagine.
3: We were it watching it. He did did yeah. he mean it, JD?
0: I uh, D? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Tavernier got the goal for Bournemouth. One nil. They lead uh, away to Wolves. Uh, and uh, Nottingham Forest nil. Manchester City one still. The case Bernardo Silva with that goal. James Ward-Prowse with the goal for Southampton. They lead Chelsea one nil. Brighton nil. Fulham nil. Brentford nil. Crystal Palace nil. Graham Potter is struggling. Kevin Doyle. I mean, you, you can't really say maybe. It's a very long-term thing, but it's it's not really happening yet. For him.
2: For, sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, for Graham
0: Potter, it's not like Chelsea. are losing. Uh, they can't seem to score any goals. It's 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 not been the best start.
2: No, it's not. I, I, listen, I wouldn't pay. Like the sign has that have been thrown at him? I can't imagine he had too much to do with yeah. him. the turmoil at that club. It just you know, as it turns out, it was probably the wrong job for him to take. You know, at the time, it's very hard for him to turn that down, but. Um, I would say behind the scenes it's been some nightmare for him. I wouldn't judge him as manager on this job at all um, because yeah, how could you deal with what's, what's gone on there over the summer and, and since he's gone there. Um, I saw a picture of him a few weeks ago a uh, side by side of before he took the job and since he's taken you know, it and he looks like he's aged about 25 years. Um, it's it's hop on him. I, re- I really feel for him. I'd say it's a nightmare. A nightmare um, trying to manage them. Um, and you just feel like the... The owner, even like two months ago, I wouldn't have been surprised if he pulled the trigger and sacked him and you just feel like that's going to come at some stage. But I wouldn't, I I will still, I would be fairly confident he will come back as, you know, somewhere else, uh, a settled club, you know, somewhere not Chelsea and, and come back and be very successful. Uh, Seamus
0: Cohen's last goal for Everton in the Premier League was against Leeds a year and six days ago oh, in a 3-0 he'd win
1: Leeds haven't had a shot on target after 67 minutes here
3: I don't know like it was, it was <laughs> I'm still not sure but did, he, did he intend it I, like he could have meant that right, okay. he could have meant like he was what you think at pace he say afterwards I, I don't know he'll probably be honest enough but like he, he's, he's over he doesn't have great options in the area presumably like he's aware of that um, I don't know like it's, it could be could be a little bit harsh on him there, but anyway, it's a big old. I mean, like four hundred appearances if you think about it for, for uh, like for for Seamus Coleman at that level, it's sort of extraordinary. Like you kind of forget, and I know obviously Kevin was a teammate of his, and the overlap for probably not as long as people might think almost, because um, he wasn't in the Euro squad in twenty twelve when he was what like, I think twenty four at that stage. You know, like he wasn't. Uh, yeah. He wasn't. He was, a, he was late. Like a, um, yeah. He was like me
2: actually. He came over from the League of Ireland a bit later. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that
1: angle, yeah.
2: He's some professional, Seamus. Like, off oh. behind the scenes, um, really, really looks after himself so well. And that's why he's got those. I mean, he doesn't drink or anything like that. He's, you know. No interest in horses. Yeah, no interest in horses. No distractions. Looks after himself. Like, yeah, you see him in, there in that squad. Another one, himself and James McLean will be very close together. And the two of them will be really professional away from it. I and mean, as he should be as a professional sportsman. But there, you know. Ever since I remember, the first day James coming into the squad, lovely fella, really nice, grounded man, um, but really works hard at looking off, looking after himself. And um, behind the scenes, off the pitch, and that's why he's still there, still going strong. At, you know, he's probably thirty four or five now, is he? Uh, he's thirty four. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't uh, look at ditty, fresh they're... faced, in fairness. Yeah.
1: They, they, is it? They kind of tapped the table when they fluke a, um, a shot in the snooker. Yeah. Seamus Coleman's celebration there was more like. I actually kind of meant this, so. But well, I, I, I think it was more. I, it, it was almost like the whole of emotion
0: of uh, being in that basket case club for the last uh, ten mm. years uh, came out there. Um,
1: I, I don't know. I'm confused. I actually don't know if you meant it or not.
0: Leeds will be second from bottom if this uh, result stays the way it is, uh, with Everton up to sixteenth potentially uh, if things uh, continue this way. Um, did you? I, I'm sure you. We're talking about like teammates and people getting on and everything. I'm sure you loved
2: meeting up with the Irish lads. Did you for the for the international games, Kevin? Um, <sighs> you know what? I. I well, that, uh, I go to the feud again with well, the ones I'm working on. I brought my son to a game a while ago. Um, you yeah, don't see. You'd be amazed you don't bump into each other. Like Darren Murphy lives down the road now. He lives in Waterford. I haven't seen him since. I used to be, I'm i good friends with Darren. Um, I met Jonathan Waters last night, as I said, in, in Furry Carrick Park. Um, a very busy man, Jonathan. He's, he was telling me the list of things he's, he's, he's doing. And I felt sorry for him. Um, but yeah no we don't see you know a lot of players retired around the same sort of time as me a lot of that group of players and you'd be amazed how little we see each other we're all doing our own thing yeah you're doing, tell us what you're doing kevin you're, you're working with horses at the moment busy enough with horses yeah um i have we've set seven mares to fall here and we've three overdue one actually overdue 12 days and she looks like she's going to fall tonight so i'll be up Two to I think there's two going to fold tonight, actually, so I'll be busy tonight. So, um, me, myself and my dad looking after him. But, um, yeah, the horses would be my main interest now. And I still obviously watch football and, and involved with it and I coach my son's team and things and, and always keeping an eye on games and, and do some stuff for RT and different things. But um, horses would be sort of my first uh, first love now. Breeding. Breeding, yeah. Breeding. National hunt horses, yeah. Daniel, Dan was down with me a few years ago.
3: Yeah, I was indeed. No, I was, I was mentioning. you to sell m- into, did you? <laughs> I was mentioned. <laughs> I don't if you got me at a bad time, who knows? <laughs> but like, I, I saw Augusta Kate down there, who, again, like people who are into racing or listening, like would know Augusta Kate is a pretty established sort of, Willie Mullen's horse was a grain Wiley owned, it, I think, and it was, a, was, it was she, I think Shearer it was Alan and Lee Shearer, Westwood, yeah. Alan Shearer and that. The the was famous for did, 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 did Augusta Cade fall the other day? I saw Kevin. Or is that recently? Uh, no, that was. I oh, tell you what, well,
2: that was. I have a three-year-old. Uh, she's four now, actually. Her first fall. She's um, oh. four now, and she's in uh, Jamie Cud is breaking her pre-trainer, and she'll be going into training now in the next few weeks. Um, um, and I go to is Twelve days overdue. Actually, she's ah. due to fall. Yeah, she, she she looks like she'll fall tonight. So usually fall in the middle of the night at some stage. But um, she's yeah, she's bursting.
1: So how do you how do you um you obviously must have like a video monitor then, dear? How do you know when yeah. it's going to happen? Yeah,
2: yeah, they'll be on the they they'll be on their own cameras. Yeah, and um, they have alarms on them. When a, when a mare goes to fall, they stretch their neck out sort of, they lie down and stretch their neck out and there's a little alarm we have on their necks that senses when their neck goes into a certain position and it'll set an alarm off in the house. So, um, between the cameras and that, we shouldn't miss it.
3: Ah, uh, it's so uh, when, you, when you meet someone like John Walters last night, who's now, like, was, who's always remained immersed in football, just from, you know, he, he's, he was at Stoke and he was involved with the PFA and all sorts of things. He's Are on you, the VAR
2: panel, actually. Oh,
3: is he? Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Like he's got a lot going on. Then, um, I mean, do you, does his party? Do you think I'm happy to be out of that, or does it give you any niggling sense of, uh, you know, I wish I was still in the industry? I mean, I've spoken to you about this before, and I got the sense that you weren't missing it. But I mean, you know, time passes. Do you miss it more or less?
2: No, I was nice to meet John last night. Like, I, I, like, like, I hadn't, you know, see him every day sort of thing. You know, lovely fellow, John. No, I don't miss it when he was listening off the stuff he's doing. Um, Listen to me, be to be involved in football now and to be any of those roles you have to be gone you know from morning to night fully committed wherever the job might be and um, it's just not viable for me and too many commitments here uh, in Wexford at home so um, no I don't the, the only time I've missed actual football I'm playing it went up to see Ireland play last year the year before um, I don't miss soccer. Or football day to day at all. I play five a side once a week, but I went up and that smell of it was in the Viva, Lights were on; it was a lovely nighttime game, and the smell of fresh cut grass and it mm. triggered something in my brain. I was like, "Oh, I'd love to be out on that pitch there." Only lasted about ten seconds, and that was it. <laughs> so I'm lucky. Like some uh, people say, "Jesus, man, you don't miss it. I'm lucky I don't miss. it. I'd hate to be missing it every day because you know, it'd be awful to be sitting, waking up every day, and wishing I was you know doing something I can't do. So I'm delighted I don't miss it. I got to play for so long and brilliant and uh yeah no i've moved on so from, from say, the...
1: say if you absolutely had to do one or the other you had to train a football team or train horses you had to do one or the other for say like three years what would you prefer oh i'd
2: probably be useless train training horses now but um i would prefer to train horses yeah definitely yeah Listen, there we that's, go that's what, yourself, I mean. that's what you know i you know every day checking the results checking the races seeing what's going on i love going to see the horses and just training you know, different things and breathing and everything that's like, no, that'd be yeah. training, training, lad, training soccer player, footballers, like, and there's so many lads you have to deal with. Oh, jeez, we giving you some headaches. So, um, no, could not deal with 25, 30 fellas.
3: No,
0: gotta what? take a break. Um, Forces easier to do what
3: you doing. You well, a video camera on your players late at night to see what they're up to. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but we got a video camera on you guys. Anybody who's uh, watching the uh, digital and social channels. Uh, um, big goal for Crystal Palace away uh, to Brentford. Uh, Evertjezse has scored one uh, nil. They lead. Uh, Brighton nil. Fulham nil. Chelsea nil. Southampton one. Everton one. Seamus Coleman on the mark against Leeds nil. Uh, Nottingham Forest nil. Man City one. And Wolves nil. Bournemouth one. The teams are in for Newcastle, Liverpool. So Newcastle, uh, Pope and goal. Trippier, Botman, Cher, and Byrne. Joe Linton, Anderson, and Longstaff in the middle. And then some Maximan and Almiron uh, flanking Alexander Isaac for Liverpool. Allison in goal. We have uh, Alexander Arnold, uh, Van Dijk, Gomez, and Robertson. Fabinho, um, Henderson, and Bajicic. Uh, Sala, Gakpo, and Nunez for Liverpool. Half-five kickoff at St. James's Park. Johnny Ward, Daniel McDonald in studio. And Kevin Doyle on the line on Football Saturday. We're back after this. <laughs> And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan, as always, with you until 5. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106 listening across the country on your radio and News Talk, but also you can watch us on the digital channels on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. Kevin Doyle with us for another few moments. The former Republic of Ireland Reading and Wolves striker with the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward in studio. A text on 53106 Nick and Dundalk Lads in relation to the Man United Takeover It's worth noting The Qatar bid also includes The caveat that while UEFA have got rules Around the same people organisation Not owning multiple clubs The chairman of PSG Is also the chairman Of the European Club Association And PSG were one of the clubs Against the Super League So it could well be In UEFA's interest To allow the sale to Qatar To happen In order to take the club Out of the equation For a breakaway league
3: Yeah I mean that's a, That's an interesting uh, point And Nothing would surprise me As I said Like the, we were talking earlier about like the dual ownership. Like, there's no. Doubt. I haven't been following as, and I haven't read in detail the stories. But just from sort of the the reports of some of the people on the sports news beat, I saw Tariq Panja talking about it last night from the New York Times. he's very good on this stuff. Like, like clearly, there's there's different characters being put forward as chairman, and there's a bit of this with Newcastle, right, where the people will, will will tell you, well, it's not Saudi, you know, it's it's. Matt uh, Stavely, yeah. yeah, like, and 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 it's it, well, no, this isn't quite an organ of the state; it's it's private people here. That, we were told that at Gowie Whatever you know, like it's it's, it's people who experienced these countries and get a sense of of how they work. Know that it's not quite. It's not quite that. So it is Qatar. Right, it is Qatar, but that, that may well be a valid point and and um the, the PSG the European Clubs Association and how that came to prominence after the European Super League definitely like you talk about a a, a lobby group to represent the wishes of clubs and you think yes, this is something that's gonna make uh, you know European club football fairer for all. And it's the, the PSG dude at the top of it. It's like well, yeah. no, there you go. That's what has been. A, there's another organisation, and a secondary one has been formed as well to, to actually look after everyone else.
0: Uh, we got a YouTube comment in about uh, Nathan Collins. No, Nathan Collins again for Wolves is worrying. Shane. Uh, Kevin Doyle. We talked about like I suppose the the front end of the pitch, but you know Nathan Collins would obviously be liking to get more game time, and you'd hope that Laportegey fancies him in time.
2: Yeah. And Stray, I thought he was playing well, like, was it about six weeks ago? I thought he played a couple of games, which impressed me. But, listen, um, Wolves, it's, it's they haven't been going well in the league. They've had a tough season. He's come as a big signing. Um, they're going to be conceding goals because of where they are in the league. And then, you know, he probably doesn't look the best at times then because of that. You know, um, confidence might dip a bit. It's a hard place to play Wolves when things aren't going well as well. They're conceding goals, you know, it's... Um, I'm sure he'd be getting a little bit of stick. So to come through that, it'd be important for him. So a real test in his career. And he's had a couple of, you know, he looks really good. He looks shy. He looks like he has everything to be the top, the top, top defender. But then there's a question mark over he's had, you know, he's been at, a, you know, he's had a couple of difficult seasons there, are the clubs he's been at in the last years and had a couple of diff- difficult seasons. And he wouldn't want another relegation um, on his CV after they spent a lot of money and he's brought in there. Um, so a big, big few months for him, um, and we need him to be playing obviously with Ireland because he's he's uh, probably going to be the centre of well, depending on what Stephen plays, if he plays a three, the backer probably the centre of it. So um, yeah, interesting, interesting one for him now. See if he get, gets himself back in that team. I don't think there's been any word of him having legals or being injured or that's no, the reason.
3: No, no, it's a left, it's a left-right footer thing. I think that hmm. got in Craig Dawson in the window and a bit of experience and he's playing in the back four, and, and so it was, it was Collins and Max Killman, and Killman's left-sided, so, so he's playing. So I think there might have been a big goal in Nottingham Forest, Man City, subject to, to VAR, as, as you, you say, say, John. Uh, I think Nottingham Forest have equalised, which is a pretty significant goal. Yeah, big time in the, in the
0: title race, and uh, Chris Wood, formerly of Burnley, and
1: uh, Newcastle's got it and you, you you mentioned Burnley as well um, Luke McGalley is on loan from Burnley just want to give him a mention he's he's up against presumably he's practically marking Chidozie today cuz uh, Rotherham are uh, against Coventry Coventry are absolutely flying it since McNally has gone there and Dan I think came up with 14 strikers that Stephen Kelly could feasibly call on if needs be Ireland have an awful lot of centre backs even if um, you know Collins is having a little bit of a time off at the moment and McNally getting in the team of the week last week um, another man who likes he'll be watching Cheltenham I think he likes the horses yeah. ex-League of Ireland Johnny likes them uh, uh, he's that, that, been on our show he's, he's a great Talking about lad. the
3: title race nearly being uh, the you know, Twisted in a particular direction here,
1: Johnny. Yeah, um, but yeah, obviously, that. that hopefully um, things keep going well for him.
0: we got to let you go, Kevin Doyle. Thanks so much for being on today and good luck with that foal.
1: You broke up on me, lads, but if you can hear me, enjoyed
2: it um, and enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks good luck with the me. foal, Kevin. <laughs> You're gone, I can't hear you. There we go. Oh, there you go. Thanks,
0: gone. thanks, Kevin. Thanks thanks very um, much, Kevin Doyle there.
1: Yeah, lo- an awful lot of League of Ireland players just kind of making their way to the uh, sort of second and third tier in Britain at the moment. So it's, um, if you're, if you're uh, obviously we love the Premier League, but it's it's fascinating every Saturday it's to see what
0: they amazing go.
3: amazing
1: what Pep Guardiola must be like thinking now. You mm-hmm. go to Arsenal, you play really well,
0: <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a huge game and then Arsenal come back to win today and they're not in the farce of equal. Yeah, like if, you,
3: if, if you would think that, it, it's not that the, the midweek is written off if it stays this way, but it's sort of it almost is, you know, in terms of the points differential. Um, yeah, what, it'd be, it'd be two points, wouldn't it? Again. Yeah. got a yellow and card in and
1: 66 minutes point, as well. You yeah. know what that was for, yeah.
3: So, the, just from following the reports of this, it does seem that around 10 minutes ago, um, Haaland had a very good opportunity to score and dived. And just from the, some of the reporters there, suggesting that the uh, the City bench were pretty unhappy with him. Right. Um, so, they're 1-0 up. Uh, again, just... Uh, didn't seem to be any sense for concern, and then these events are magnified if you end up spurning that position. But you would assume um, they're going to try and lay siege for whatever time is remaining. But look, there's still what 14 games to go. They still have to play City. You know, you know City are welcome Arsenal to their patch. Yeah. Like you still see them winning it. But um, if you thought the midweek was momentum. They're sort of checking their own momentum here yeah. if they throw this one away.
0: Not in the first one man City won at the City Ground. The forest are hard to play there. Wolves nil, Bournemouth won. Everton won, Leeds nil is the game we're watching on television there. Everton got a chance of second, but it's uh, gone awry. Uh, Chelsea and Southampton won.
1: If, if that were to say as it is, JD, th- they'd have 31 points from 23 Who? games, Chelsea. Like, that is yeah, unbe- like that's yeah. relegation. It's unbelievable. Um, just below Liverpool in the table. But th- as Dan mentioned, that'd be some fill up for Bazzuna if it were to happen.
0: Brighton nil, Fulham nil, mm. Brentford nil, Crystal Palace one, Arsenal one four two at Aston Villa earlier on in the Championship. Uh, there's been a goal at Ewood Park. Blackburn one, Swansea nil, A Blackpool, Leeds Stoke one nil, Huddersfield two, Birmingham City one. It is Hull nil, Preston nil, Luton nil, Burnley one, Middlesbrough two, QPR nil, Rotherham nil, Coventry one, Sunderland one, Bristol City nil, Wigan nil. Norwich nil, and in Scotland Celtic 3-0 lead over Aberdeen now Rangers 2-0 up away to Livingston Dundee United 1, St Johnston 2, Hibernian 2, Kilmarnock nil, St Mirren 1, Ross County nil. Connacht in the rugby 43 points to 34 up against Zebra it seems like there's a try every 10 seconds in that one the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 7 tries for Connacht in that match Liverpool kick off away to Newcastle half 5 the lovely programme Doing the rounds uh, from Sligo Rovers ahead of tonight's game against Shamrock Rovers, like a Roy the Rovers kind of thing. Have been you seen known, it?
1: Known for that, yeah. I'm sure Seamus um, Colin will be rushing off after this and i see Sligo play Shams as they're known uh, locally. But yeah, actually, we, we mentioned that last night, just the match program thing, JD. And you're, you're 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 like your nostalgia as well. It it does look like I think Dundalk put up a message that like they're bringing out a program this year. But sadly, they are the programs are becoming sadly they're on the, the the verge of if not extinction, they are becoming unviable for a lot of clubs because it. when I started uh, following Go United I used to be told I started writing the match program around a quarter of the attendance would buy a program anecdotally I I edited the match program up until last season it was closer to a tenth last season right. um, despite the huge effort we put in and um, I, I actually I was at the rugby last Saturday and match programs were 8 euro it's obviously a bit expensive right but it's like it's a novelty uh, for me to get to go to uh, get a rugby game and the guy who was selling the match program um, he could he took a card and everything, so he had like a tap facility and nobody, nobody around me was getting a programme and it does not make me for sad. GA,
0: it's interesting. I, think I really see a good number of GA now. Mm. All-Ireland finals and thing. stuff. Yeah, see, and it's generally seen as like 30%. Well, you have your yeah. team
3: sheet. You, I mean, something that's happened in the League of Ireland this year is that even printed team sheets are gone right. in terms of even for press. They're doing everything but like the punters, anyone can download this app and get all the teams at, at sort of half six. It's all gone like completely. Digitalized, What's the name of that you app? know, Fei Connect, right? So, um, but I saw a match program Scores updates. It's like their version of sort of live score. Or I saw a
1: match program of the late the late nineties there recently, and um, it was it wasn't a huge game, but even this match program that I saw, like the 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 joy of seeing that and 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 bringing up memories that had either left my left my brain or had all but left my brain, and you know the the, the characters involved and. You're not going to remember something from 25 years ago um, if it's not in print anymore, because you're not going to look it up on your phone. Oh, yeah, that brings it back to me. So, uh, I'm, I'm a bit bit of an old school person in that regard, and I love newspapers. But that that is sad for me to see that programs are going that way. And fair play to Sligo for the effort they're making.
3: Yeah,
0: Mohamed so. well, well, Dele apparently came off at half time for Norwich today. Oh
3: no, I mean that's not because well, we'll wait to see what the situation is. But the, himself and Ida had started back to back games and. It, been a while like that we've had that sort of run for both of them. So I mean, you're sort of hoping half time it's more it's dis- it's not carried off the pitch, it's maybe more of a discussion hopefully and I'm not sure is it a, anything tactical going on there. Um but it's obviously a little bit of a a little bit of a of a word. They made a double switch at half time, so maybe it was tactical and maybe that's not such that's right. such a not such a bad thing. Um But yeah, I mean, the the game's nice. Uh, Like, the Shamrock Rovers, it is funny, like, you have the first night of the season, but it probably was missing slightly something because you have the champions and the team that everyone needs to, like, they're going for their four in a row looking to make history, and you're probably looking to see where they're at in terms of some of the players they've brought in, including, like, Johnny Kenny, uh, born and raised in Sligo. His dad is Sligo Rovers' club legend. Okay, And Johnny then joined Celtic on a five-year deal. Didn't quite happen for him, and he's loaned back the Shamrock Rovers which is a little bit of a contentious thing in Sligo that he's playing for the other Rovers would so. you get
0: some boost tonight then will he?
3: Oh uh, yeah I Presumably he's involved he's been involved in pre-season got a nice reception last he'll night get this a, is different like. he'll get a, I'd say he'll get a bit yeah but I think so, so. other people understand Like he's on loan from Celtic and I think in these situations like your parent club will have a big say uh, in where you go but I um, that will be a good one to. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting watching out on my season pass.
1: Briefly, JD Dan had uh, an article during the week about um, Adam O'Reilly going from he was on loan at St. Pat's, but like somewhat left field, he ended up going to Derry. But it was it was very funny before the game last night. There was Adam O'Reilly, his new manager Rory Higgins, and Tim Clancy, the three of them just chatting away there on the pitch. And I was like, "Penny for your thoughts?" Because uh, yeah, that's that that article I, I know uh ruffled a few feathers as well. About what Tim was saying about agents and so on. Premier League matches into injury time now. Brentford nil,
0: Crystal Palace 1, Brighton nil, Fulham 1. Chelsea nil, Southampton 1, Everton 1, Leeds nil. Manchester City now held. Nottingham Forest 1-1 at the City Grand. Wolves nil, Bournemouth 1. Earlier, Aston Villa 2, Arsenal 4. Liverpool kick off away to Newcastle half 5. In the Championship it ended. Millwall 3, Sheffield United 2. Blackburn 1, Swansea nil at latest. Blackpool 1, Stoke nil, Huddersfield 2, Birmingham 1. It is Hull nil Preston nil Luton nil Burnley 1 Middlesbrough 3 QPR 1 Rotherham nil Coventry 2 Sunderland 1 Bristol City 1 and Wigan nil Norwich nil and Scotland Celtic have beaten Aberdeen 4 nil Rangers are 3 nil up away to Livingston
3: Just looking at the stats I mean stats are dangerous but that City Forest game it's a uh, uh, shots off goal 12 for City shots on goal 6 Forest one shot on goal two off target 74 26 possession like all the metrics, 658 passes for Man City, 240 for Forrest. It looks like the classic sucker punch. And uh, from a position of control, this would be a hell of a two point When, when you think
1: wh- wh- where the, the position that um, Arsenal were in. 2-1 yeah, down earlier on. 2-1 down and even in injury time, um, this is a big, big day in the title race. Bigger bigger in some respects than Man City beating Arsenal the way it's going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan and Johnny, thank you so much. Thanks, Shitty. Yeah, great days of football so far. Did Seamus yeah, Coleman mean
0: it? Uh, well, he's he's been congratulated <laughs> by actually uh, Wilfred Nanto there because Everton have beaten Leeds by goals nil. Seamus Coleman with the winner, so fair play to him, and he's uh, the toast of Merseyside this evening. Um, oh, they're not being,
3: no, they were. He was being ironically congratulated. Right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah.
0: Kevin Doyle wouldn't like that, but actually, you know, there was a bit of angst there. Yeah, that's uh, that's my was, that's my naivety coming out on the radio. <laughs> there was a big yeah.
3: skirmish in the first half between those teams. Well, so there you go. I think he was being given the sort of sarcastic slow hand clap. And
0: uh, well, Seamus so Coleman well able to guard himself. Coleman was giving so. it
3: to Van Dyke the other day, actually, yeah, actually yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah. There's yeah. a lot
0: more of this going on in uh, in football at the moment, which is uh, interesting. So you have got to leave it there, folks. Don't forget off the ball back tomorrow, one to seven here on News Talk, All right, showcasing two live and exclusive commentary. In the Premier League Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr providing the call on the game between Manchester United and Leicester from Old Trafford then Nathan Murphy and Kenny Cunningham will describe the London derby between Spurs and West Ham from the new White Hart Lane all on FM also the Sunday paper review across our digital and social channels from half 11 so be sure to join us tomorrow folks for some great commentary and conversation if you missed any of OTB football Saturday with Kevin Doyle Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward or the Saturday panel on the health of Irish boxing with Jason Quigley Emmett Brennan and Kevin Byrne you can find the podcast on the OTB sports app or listen back wherever you get your pods on the Golad network or on Spotify thanks for listening to us on your radio across the country here on Newstalk today we will speak tomorrow at one bye bye have you subscribed to the OTB football podcast
1: Probably for a little over a year. It's been my intention and my desire to play play for Ireland.
0: Subscribe now to the OTB Football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.